Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. Happy holidays. In segment three, John Aurand. He's our friend who's joined us before. He's the sports media reporter from the Sports Business Daily and the Sports Business Journal. Lots of topics to discuss with John, including the Tiger Woods coverage through the media and what you can expect from the BCS coverage from Fox and what we may look for from ESPN when they take over the BCS contract in the year 2011. Coming up in segment four, caught in the cross lights three weeks in a row, Tiger Woods. So much new to report, and we will discuss Tiger Woods and his drama and his relationship with his sponsors. Who's in? Who's out? How is this going to affect the PGA Tour now that we've learned that he's taking an indefinite leave from the game of golf? That's coming up in segment four. A couple of other notes, visit my Sports Business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Go to sportsbusinessradio.com. Become our Facebook friend. Follow me via Twitter. Just visit my blog at sportsbusinessradio.com. Link to the Sports Business Radio Facebook and Twitter pages. You can follow me on Twitter at SB Radio. I'm joined in studio by my producer, Bobby Corser. Bobby, this Tiger Woods story continues to go on and on, and I want to throw out a quick plug very quickly. Our next two shows, we're going to unveil our top 20 sports business stories of the year, according to our staff here at Sports Business Radio, and Tiger's going to be towards the top. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, single-handedly, he has taken over... You know, the, he's probably the top story of this year. In you know, easily the last month is now is all Tiger. And if you really look back at it, it might be the top story of the decade in terms of sports business and a fall from grace. I would agree. And if you just look at, uh, I mean, here's someone who's been on the front page of the New York Post for almost three weeks. Not many people can claim that. I don't think anyone can claim that. This is a story that's not only been a sports story. It's been an entertainment story, and it's been a hard-hitting investigative news piece. It has many layers to it. We'll discuss it in segment four. But next, headlines. The Cleveland Cavaliers. New ownership. We'll tell you about that. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Happy holidays. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. It's the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry. The Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training. Sports business curriculum taught by industry experts and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. 
But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headline, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one, the Cleveland Cavaliers have reached a deal to sell a minority stake in the team to an investor from China. That investor, Chinese businessman and philanthropist, Albert Hung. Now, we don't know how much he's going to pay for his stake in the team, but Forbes recently valued the entire Cavaliers team at $476 million. It looks like uh, he's going to have a a good chunk of the team, but not controlling interest. If the deal goes through, it'll be the first big investment by the Chinese in a major American sports franchise. Bobby, the other thing worth noting is that there will be 30 Cavaliers games this season that are broadcast over in China. That's amongst the most games broadcast of an NBA team over there. So because of LeBron James, because of his popularity in China, I think Mr. Hung sees the value of investing in the Cleveland Cavaliers. But this is interesting. Will this open the doors for Chinese ownership to invest not only in NBA teams, but in other American sports teams. You know, it makes a lot of sense because the amount of eyeballs that now see your brand in China. I don't know if there'll ever be complete ownership of a Chinese or by a Chinese group of an American sports franchise. But from a business sense, it makes a lot of, you know, makes a lot of financial sense. We know that Kobe, LeBron, and Yao are very popular. It just takes those guys now just to the next level, especially LeBron. Well, and imagine how uh, Mr. Hung will be able to market the team over there. I'll tell you, this makes it even more important for the Cavaliers to re-sign LeBron James. And I think this adds another interesting twist to LeBron deciding to stay in Cleveland because, you know, you could make a good argument that not only is LeBron going to continue to be uh, one of the most popular players in the NBA here in the United States, but now with the marketing prowess of this Chinese owner, um, he could really become dominant in China, even more dominant than he is now. And I know he and his business team have really made that one of their goals since day one. Yeah, and he is going to become one of the next legitimate global superstars because of the fact now that he has all this more exposure now in China. All right, our second headline of the week, global consulting firm Accenture this past weekend said they've terminated their sponsor pack with Tiger Woods after six years And this is amid the controversy surrounding his extramarital affairs. Um, You know, this is an interesting story. They say after careful consideration and analysis, the company has determined that he is no longer the right representative for its advertising. So Accenture, you've probably, if you travel as much as I do, you walk through airports and you see that these Accenture lit signs are in airports across the country. So now, Bobby, Accenture has to pull these signs for major airports. They have to pull the print ads. They have to pull some of their TV ads that had Tiger in them. And basically, they've got to go back to the drawing board with a new campaign after having their ads tied to Tiger for the last six years. Yeah, Yes, they do. And as you said, you know, it costs them money in the end because they're having to redo all this. And, you know, we've, we laughed about this on our local show. The ad that was around the airport says, 
you know, and, it, and I quote, what you do matters most or what you do next matters most. And you know what? What Tiger did does now matter most. And now that Accenture dropped him, it's how they're going to be able to rebound from this because they got to find a whole new marketing campaign and they don't have a lot of time to do it. Well, the other tagline they had was go on, be a tiger. Well, he's been a tiger on the course and off the course. And again, that's not what they wanted to tie their brand to. So they are the first major sponsor to say goodbye to Tiger Woods. All right, our next headline, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones has offered a $25 million guarantee to host the scheduled March 13 mega fight between Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Manny Pacquiao at Cowboys Stadium. This according to the Los Angeles Times. Now that offer exceeds AEG's $20 million offer to host the fight at the Staples Center. And as if that's not enough, you've got the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. They're trying to get the fight. They're expected to offer ringside seats of $2,500, which is $500 more than the highest price seats for the most lucrative fight in boxing history. That was Mayweather Jr. over Oscar De La Hoya in May of 2007. 2.4 million pay-per-views. That's also the record for pay-per-views, Mayweather De La Hoya. I think this will exceed that number, and to see a bidding war for this fight is really phenomenal because boxing has been in the tank for the last few years. This is a fight that many people wanted to see happen. It's going to be a 50-50 split, so these guys will split the purse, split everything right down the middle, but uh, it's really amazing to see this bidding war for these major venues to host this fight. It says a lot about these two fighters and what they expect from these two fighters in the ring. This might be the greatest fight of all time in, when it terms in overall dollars coming in. Listen, $25 million by Jerry Jones is a lot of money, but I really expect this thing to be somewhere in the 30 to $45 million range when it's done because you're going to find an investor somewhere that says, listen, the amount of exposure we're going to get is definitely worth, worth the price that we're going to have to pay to get the fight at that location. Well, and you think about it, if this was at Cowboy Stadium, I mean, that's 100,000 seats. So... You know, when you talk about attendance for fights, that would be, you know, one of the highest attended fights of all time. You could sell, you know, $10 tickets in the cheap seats for that fight and imagine the numbers you're going to do with beer sales and parking revenues and merchandise. I mean, it could be really, really huge. So it'll be interesting to see where this fight winds up. And, you know, with the cheap seats at Dallas at the stadium, they have that giant HGTV, which we all know will be on for this fight. So even if you're sitting in the cheap seats, you're still going to have a pretty up-close view of the fight overall. And I don't think there could be a bad seat in the entire house for that. Something else to keep in mind, kind of the secret weapon here. Mark Cuban, friends with Jerry Jones, helped get the NBA All-Star Game to Dallas in 2010. He's buddies with Floyd Mayweather Jr. You know how? They were on Dancing with the Stars together. So Cuban is also trying to help his friend Jerry Jones get this fight to Dallas by using his relationship with Floyd Mayweather Jr. to get that done. I'm still betting on Vegas, though. Vegas has so much at stake with gambling and getting people to the casinos that I think they're going to come up with the most money at the end of the day. Our next headline. University of Wisconsin Athletic Director Barry Alvarez said the Big Ten Conference and their commissioner, Jim Delaney, plans to identify and aggressively recruit a 12th school for the league. Now, there's no timeline that's been put on this, and Alvarez told this to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. 
But he says, I have a sense he's going to take this year to really be more aggressive about it, but there's no timetable. We've gone through a very intense and thorough investigation of a number of schools from all over the country. This would be interesting if the Big Ten adds another team and thus has 12 schools. Why? You can't be the Big 12 because there's already the Big 12. But, uh, you know, this is a major conference that's looking at adding another school. And when you think about this, let's just use the BCS as an example. If you have a Big Ten team going to a BCS game, this is yet another mouth to feed, so to speak, another school to split those revenues with if you go to a BCS game. Sure, and you become the Big Ten plus two in all you know all reality. If you look at the schools out there that could possibly move up, now I know everybody says Notre Dame because you know Notre Dame would be the first logical choice. However, I don't know if Notre Dame wants to do that because they, in the end, lose out on all that money if they make a BCS Bowl. However, you could pull a school. I mean, you could use like somebody like Syracuse, or you could even go another independent such as Navy or Army, bring them in. Yeah, it's not always the best competition, but listen, these teams make bowl games and these teams make headlines. They wouldn't be a bad choice in the end. Well, and for years, conferences have been trying to get Notre Dame into the fold, and the Big Ten is geographically desirable to Notre Dame. So, you know, who knows if if that would ever happen. All right, our last headline of the week, the field for the USOC's next CEO has been cut to a half dozen candidates. This according to the Chicago Tribune. The five known finalists are believed to be former Padres CEO Sandy Alderson, former USOC General Counsel Scott Blackman, USOC COO Norm Bellingham, Jet Set Sports President Mark Lewis, and USA Swimming CEO Chuck Walgus. And the sixth candidate, whose name was not identified, comes from a brokerage, and he would be the only one from a corporate background. So they're hoping to have someone hired by early January And again, the USOC has had lots of changes, and they've really had to go back to the drawing board after the debacle that was the bid with Chicago for the 2016 Olympics. All right, coming up next, John Aurand. He's our friend from the Sports Business Daily and Sports Business Journal. He's their sports media reporter. Lots going on in the sports media. We'll discuss that next with John Aurand. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. How far away you roam. If you want to be happy in a million ways. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. My guest is Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Let's go back to the year 2000, the year before you bought the Mavericks. They were 40 and 42. Fan interest was pretty lukewarm. When you bought this team, what did you see in this team? What was the potential that you saw to get them to where they are today? Probably none. (laughs) Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. I think the reason why we have a BCS-type system in Division 1A and elsewhere we have playoffs is that the schools in Division 1A feel that the regular season is the most important aspect of football. Read the Sports Business blog and listen to SBR On Demand at sportsbusinessradio.com. See, I think that's the big Thing. Sports Business Radio, Saturday, <laughs> or online at sportsbusinessradio.com. 
This is Sports Business Radio. My guest is John Alred. He's joined us before. He's with the Sports Business Daily and Sports Business Journal. He's their sports media reporter. Lots to discuss with him this week. John, thanks for taking time to join us on Sports Business Radio. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Brian. John, 16 straight days as of this taping for Tiger Woods on the back page of the New York Post. I don't think anyone outside of a nuclear Armageddon has ever been on the New York Post front page that many days. Is this one of the biggest media stories we've seen? It, it, it certainly is up there. I think the, uh, the Post is trying to go for a full 18, you know, make it a full, <laughs> make it a full round there. I, I, the story has everything. It's it's the, you know, most dominant athlete that's, that's around today. And, and we have, you know, from a business uh, perspective, we have, you know, sponsors that are deciding whether they want to stick with them or, or, or what, whether they want to flee. And, you know, from, from Tiger's perspective, it's also taking a look at, you know, when he wants to play. So I, I can understand why that, that why this is, is just a ball of momentum that, that keeps going and, and, and going and going for the New York Post. Well, and as we've talked on our show, I guess the difference between this story and a lot of other stories dealing with sports figures is that now the the scummy paparazzi, the entertainment media, the TMZs of the world, and the investigative reporters are on this story. And when that happens, it doesn't seem like it's going to go away anytime soon. Would you agree? I think it, it could go away, but I, I think that, that um, Tiger has to really stop talking to the public through his website. I think that the sooner he gets out, and most of the PR people that I talked to would have advised him to just come clean, come clean early. You know, you take a hit or two, and then it goes away. You look at how David Letterman, who was in a similar circumstance, and how he handled it. Right. He got killed for about a week, but you know, he's also a well-known talent, a top talent, and and. That really went away pretty quickly, but it was because he was there. He talked about it. He answered everything, and then and then that, that was it. Tiger is just really still trying to manage something that he's lost complete control of. So the sooner he gets out there and really starts talking about that, the, the better. Let's talk about what golf could look like uh, without Tiger. It's a well-known fact that uh, in non-majors, Tiger, when he's in the final round or the final pairing, you know, the tournaments get roughly two times the ratings that they do when he's not in the tournament. We saw how the ratings dipped when he was injured in 2008. For the PGA Tour, if you're Tim Fincham, you've got to be uh, crossing your fingers that somehow Tiger gets back out there quickly and that people want to tune in. I would think a lot of people would want to tune in now because even the casual golf fan is interested in this. Yeah, You know, Brian, I actually think that this could end up working out well for, for the PGA. I think that the went through a period when Tiger was injured where they were really starting to introduce some new stars into the sport. And I think that, that you know, this gives them the opportunity to really try to develop something beyond Tiger. I mean, of course the ratings are going to be down. Of course sponsorship's going to be down. And of course they're going to get a hit on, on all of that. But if, if they play this well, I think that long-term they could really end up benefiting from it somewhat. The TV contracts for the networks that cover PGA Golf, those are up at the end of 2010, as I understand it. Uh, have you heard anything about those negotiations getting underway, or do you think especially now that uh, those are probably going to go up until the, the very end? Wait to see if Tiger comes back. 
Uh, I think I'm sure they'll go up and, and to the very end, and and I'm I'm certain by by the time that they come up, Tiger will be back and be, and playing. And and I, while I, I acknowledge that this is like a a, a really big sports story, it, it, if you take a look at, at you know Kobe Bryant and you take a look at every other athlete where that that has ha- that this has happened to, he, Tiger's going to come back. He's going to start winning, and 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 people are going to love him again. And and, and and so I I don't see this as really playing a huge part in the big big picture TV negotiations. Let's talk about the BCS. The BCS broadcasts are coming up. This is the last year that Fox has the BCS coverage. It moves over to ESPN in 2011. Is there anything interesting that we can expect from the BCS broadcasts uh, from Fox? Is this is their last one? And then I know ABC ESPN has the uh, the Rose Bowl. Yeah, ABC ESPN is going to have the uh, the national championship. So what I'm going to be looking for is because this is the last year that Fox has it. I'm going to be checking to see if they're going to try to shoot it with one camera and maybe, you know, a, a tin cup or whatnot. I mean, <laughs> I imagine since they, since they don't have it going forward, they're not going to spend a huge amount of money really making it a technically, you know, beautiful or proficient uh, uh, broadcast out there. But that's, that's pretty much what I'm going to be looking at the, in terms of ad sales. You know, they, they had it for four years and they basically sold a four year schedule. So the ad sales should be, should be okay. Um, and and the ratings, you know, for, you have how many five undefeated teams? The ratings should end up being being pre, uh, pretty good, I would think as well. But I'm, I'm just I'm going to be curious to see how much they they pull back in terms of uh, actual productions. Yeah, Alabama, Texas, two powerhouses, two well-known football programs, but you know, two somewhat uh, regional teams, I guess. Do you think people in the far west and the far east are going to care about this game that will make it a ratings bonanza? Uh, that's that's going to be interesting to see. I think the fact that you have two undefeated teams, and I think the fact that they are going for a national championship, will will get a lot of interest uh, in terms of watching it. But it certainly isn't the same as if like Notre Dame were playing Miami, or or you get two, you know, two schools with with a you know true national following, like a New Michigan or an Ohio State in there. I mean, you, you, there's a short list of about ten schools and. I wouldn't say that Alabama or Texas with their football programs are, are part of that school. You're right. We're joined by John Auerend. He's the sports media reporter for the Sports Business Daily and the Sports Business Journal. Just a few minutes left. John, NFL ratings this year have been through the roof. Historic ratings. Uh, anything that you can pinpoint as to why the ratings are up so much this year? We've talked about it. And I, one of my theories is because HDTV has become so prevalent in people's households and it's such a great experience maybe that's one of the reasons yeah i've i've heard that reason out there before nobody seems to know it it it, it is completely unique and it's also why predicting you know that the alabama texas rating is, is going to be so difficult i just did a story on on this and just talked to a, a you know the heads of, of various networks and what they consistently say is that it's it comes it comes down to the simple fact that the games are good on, on uh, CBS just posted its biggest rating of the, of the year just this past um, Sunday, you know, and, and the, the Dallas uh, Chargers game it went down to the wire. The, the um, primetime games, so many of them are, are, are games that go down to the, the last minute or the last two minutes. And if you talk to people on TV, they'll tell you that is the surest indication that the ratings are going to be good. And if you have too many blowouts, people just, you know, they don't tune in for the whole game. Yeah, there have been so many close games and so many compelling storylines. And, you know, I look at it as we get to the playoffs, 
You've got the Colts and the Saints who are still undefeated, and there are just so many great storylines. Before I let you go, uh, I know we just talked about the Tiger story. That's been a huge story in sports media this year, but give me one or two of your other top sports media stories that you've covered this year. Okay, accepting the Tigers, number one by far. Uh, I think that having the MLB Network launch on January 1st is, is a, a hugely significant story, and Adding on to that, having the MLB Network get Peter Gammons right. you know, shows that shows that the leagues are really setting themselves up to be really uh, tough competitors to ESPN. I, I, I would put uh, the MLB Network launch as, as one of them. Another one that, that uh, I've been writing about a lot but really hasn't gotten a ton of play in, in the consumer press are the in-market streaming tests that uh, Yes Network did with uh, the Yankees and Cablevision and Major League Baseball Advanced Media. I think that's that is an area that TV networks are really looking for, and it was a first time out there uh, to, to try to figure out how to get revenue from it, to try to figure out you know how to get them on onto onto the internet to where people aren't going to steal them, and just seeing that sort of move forward is a, is a pretty significant um, uh, story for me. Yeah, for people who don't get the Yes Network, how did that work? Just uh, you know, do you go on and pay a subscriber fee per game per season? Uh, how do you get the streaming video? You generally p- uh, pay either a monthly fee or a season pass, and then it, you ha- it, in New York you have to be a Cablevision subscriber and subscribe to Cablevision broadband, and then they're able to authenticate you so that you're you're, you're able to watch it. Um, and and they didn't get a ton of uh, I think they had about six thousand subscribers, so they didn't get a ton of subscribers. I mean that's in the New York market. That's that's a drop in the bucket but you know you can see this going forward and and people are talking about just the, the quality of the video that's coming out and it's it's you know pretty unique so more and more what you're saying is it looks like a trend for upcoming years could be that people are watching sporting events via their computer i predict that next year my i, I predict that doesn't mean anything by the way but i predict that, that next year you'll see about half of the, of the ml teams mlb teams trying to uh stream their games live online. Wow. That'd be a great experience. I think a lot of people, especially who are at work, would love to be able to do that, assuming they can get through the uh, the firewalls that many employers put up. John, before I let you go, how can people find you? I know sportsbusinessdaily.com, sportsbusinessjournal.com. I know those are subscriber-based. How can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, my Twitter address is orand, O-U-R-A-N-D, underscore S-B-J, and you just gave the websites for uh, – Sports Business Journal, and Sports Business Daily as well. Thanks, Brian. Thank you very much. I enjoy reading you every day, and I enjoy the Sports Business Daily and Journal. And happy holidays to you, and we'll catch up with you after the first of the year. Thank you. Always great to be on this. Thank you very much. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for a place to have dinner with family, friends, or business associates, there's only one restaurant on my list. Morton's The Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. In its 28th year in business, Morton serves only the finest quality foods, featuring USDA prime-age beef, fresh seafood, hand-picked produce, and decadent desserts prepared to perfection. Not to mention the award-winning wine list. When my destination is Morton's, the best is always on the menu. 
and they treat me like a VIP during every visit, whether in the dining room or the private boardrooms. With almost 75 restaurants conveniently located around the world, Morton's is the gold standard when it comes to steakhouses. To find the Morton's nearest you or to make a reservation, go online to mortons.com. Morton's, the best steak anywhere and the official steakhouse of Sports Business Radio. For an in-depth analysis of the week's PR nightmare, Sports Business Radio presents Caught in the Crosslights. Crosslights. Back to back to back. Not many people have gone back to back to back in the history of Sports Business Radio with Caught in the Crosslights, but congratulations, Tiger Woods. You've done it. All right, so much to talk about. With Tiger Woods. This story will not go away. It's been on the front page of the New York Post for almost three weeks. Continues to dominate the headlines in the sports media, the entertainment media, and the news media. It has so many different layers to it, and I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. First of all, since our last show, we've learned that Tiger Woods has announced that he's going to take an indefinite leave from golf. Will he miss a month? Will he miss three months? Will he miss six months? Or is he going to take the entire year off? There have even been some, and I find this hard to believe, that have said that Tiger Woods is done. He will not play competitive golf anymore. I don't see that happening. But let's talk about what we do know about right now. Number one, Accenture has severed their relationship with Tiger Woods. They say that Tiger is and I quote, no longer the right representative after the circumstances of the last two weeks. That move ends a six-year relationship during which the firm credited its go-on-be-a-tiger campaign with boosting its image significantly. And I'll, you know, I'll be the first one to say, I had never heard of Accenture until their relationship with Tiger. And I saw their billboards in airports, I saw some of their print ads, and that's how I first heard of Accenture. That's done. Now, there are other companies that are weighing in, and Nike founder Phil Knight weighed in this past week. He had some interesting comments. Mr. Knight said, and I quote, I think he's been really great. When his career is over, you're going to look back on these indiscretions as a minor blip, but the media is making a big deal out of it right now. Now, for Mr. Knight to call this a minor blip, you know, I understand he's trying to protect the brand, the goose that laid the golden egg for Nike Golf. Nike Golf is now a $650 million company, largely because of Tiger Woods and what he's done and the awareness he's brought to Nike Golf and the high profile he's lent. I mean, everywhere you see Tiger, whether it's in video games or on TV on a golf course, he's got the Nike swoosh, he's playing Nike golf balls, he's got Nike shoes on. I mean, he is synonymous with Nike. So I wouldn't expect that Nike's going to drop Tiger Woods, but for Mr. Knight to call this a minor blip, I wouldn't say so. And I would say, if this was a minor blip, we wouldn't see the firestorm of coverage that we've seen for... Pretty much three weeks straight now, Bobby. No, I completely agree with you. But I will say this. I think when you look at the full context of what Phil was saying, 
when you look back at his career and you look back at who Tiger Woods is as a golfer and down the road, hopefully as Tiger, who he is as a person, this will be a, I don't know if it will be a minor blip. It will definitely be some sort of blip on the radar because, listen, you can't now avoid it completely. It's always going to be there. But to what severity it turns out, I think that's what Phil was probably really trying to say. However, I think his choice of words were poor for the time being. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, the two companies that I think will stick with Tiger through thick and thin, and as I said in one radio interview I did this week, unless they find a, a dead body in the trunk somewhere, Nike and EA Sports are going to ride this out with Tiger. They're not going anywhere. So you can mark that down. Tag Heuer, they've had a relationship with Tiger Woods since 2002. They had some interesting comments this week. On Monday, Marion Cilia, who's with Tag Heuer as a spokesman, she came out. And and this was really interesting. She said their sponsorship is going to remain unchanged, and I quote, because Woods remains the world's best golfer, and Tag Heuer does not care about his private life. Now, later in the day, the company released a statement a little less enthusiastic about their relationship with Woods and said, Because of his indefinite leave from golf, the company is examining its long-term relationship with him. But, Bobby, again, you know, I don't know who writes these statements for these companies. And, you know, Phil Knight, I know he's media trained, but he called this a minor blip. Now you've got the woman at Tag Heuer saying, we don't care about his private life? How do you not care about his private life when he's making headlines like he's making and... I thought she stuck her foot in her mouth and sounded really ignorant. Oh, I do too. And, you know, listen, you and I both do PR and I do a little bit more marketing, you know, for our day-to-day jobs. But that's got to be the worst job to come into work and have your number one sponsor and the guy that you spend the most amount of money on in the headlines day in and day out. And now you're the one responsible for creating the press release. You're the one responsible for basically being the face of your company and owning up to the question. So, you know, listen, yeah, she put her foot in her mouth and... You know, this couldn't have come at a worse time for Tiger. You're in the middle of golf's off season, so there's no chance for him to even be on the course to get away from the distraction. But it's brutal. And, you know, listen, Nike, Tag Heuer, and the, and the other sponsors will really have to examine their relationship with Tiger here and out because, you know, yeah, they want to respect his private life, but unfortunately his private life is what's defining him right now. Gillette. They have an unfortunate slogan. If you're related to Tiger Woods, the best a man can get. They said they're not going to air advertisements featuring Tiger or include him in public appearances for an unspecified amount of time. This again after Tiger announced that he's taking an indefinite leave from the game of golf. Electronic Arts, EA Sports, they've been selling the Tiger Woods video game for a decade. They said, and I quote, We respect that this is a very difficult and private situation for Tiger and his family. At this time, the strategy for our Tiger Woods PGA Tour business remains unchanged. The next Tiger Woods game is scheduled to come out in six months. AT&T said it continues to evaluate its relationship with Tiger Woods. So it looks like Gillette and EA Sports and AT&T 
are kind of taking a wait-and-see attitude. Let's see how this plays out. We're going to go dormant. We're not going to run ads. We're not going to go over the top on promoting our relationship with Tiger. But we're not ready to go the way of Accenture yet and cut bait. Now, I can promise you one thing. If you walk away from Tiger Woods today, and two years, three years, four years from now, Tiger Woods is on top of the world again, and he has a brand renaissance like Kobe Bryant has, Tiger's not going to come play ball with you again. So don't expect that if Accenture comes to Tiger in a few years and says, Tiger, you know what? We made a mistake. We want to get back together with you. We broke up with you. We want to get back in, in your good graces. Let's make a deal. I can guarantee you that Tiger and his agent, whoever that may be, whether it's my, Mark Steinberg or someone else, they're going to say, Accenture, sorry, you weren't with us during the tough times, so we're certainly not going to let you back into the fold now when we're enjoying success again. Nike, EA Sports, Gillette to date, maybe AT&T. These are companies that are standing by Tiger right now, and again, while they may go dormant and be inactive and not go over the top in promoting their relationship with Tiger, uh, they're not cutting ties yet. Now, the other side of this story here, and this is huge, what does this mean for golf? Tiger Woods is more important to the game of golf and to the PGA Tour than any other athlete alive is to their respective sport or league. When Tiger Woods plays in golf tournaments, the TV ratings are twice as good as when he doesn't play. Tiger Woods is a household name. Tiger Woods is a billion-dollar athlete. Tiger Woods makes $100 million a year, most of that, in endorsement money. If Tiger Woods, the meal ticket, the goose that laid the golden egg for the PGA Tour for the TV networks, for the Golf Channel, for Nike Golf, for EA Sports, if he goes away for an extended period of time, there's going to be trouble. I'm not saying Nike's going to go under. I'm not saying EA Sports is going to go under. The PGA Tour is in big trouble. They're going to the negotiation table with the TV networks at the end of 2010. If Tiger Woods, I believe, and you just heard my interview with John Auerend, he doesn't believe it's going to be as big of a factor, but I believe if Tiger Woods hasn't played in 2010 when the PGA Tour goes to table with the TV networks, that's definitely going to be a factor in those contract discussions. And you're also looking at a situation where there's 10, possibly 11 tournaments that are going to be looking for sponsors. Tiger Woods is the biggest draw on the PGA Tour, bar none. If he's playing in your tournament, people are coming out. If he's not, mm, they're thinking about it, but they're probably not coming out. They're probably staying home. This is going to be huge for golf. If Tiger Woods is not around, if he's not back at full strength, it's going to be a big thing for golf, and, and I think golf is going to become a fringe sport. Sure it is, and all they have to do is look back to last year after Tiger Woods had you know went out with his knee surgery. He missed a couple majors. He missed a bunch of tournaments, and ratings were down. Galleries were down. Sponsors lost money. I mean, listen, 
seriously, the PGA Tour just has to look back at last year, and if they realize that if Tiger's not around anymore, they're in a world of hurt, and it's going to be bad. The last thing I will say on this topic for this week, Tiger Woods needs to blow up Team Tiger. He has been around enablers. The last person that held him accountable in his life was his father, and his father's dead, unfortunately. I don't think there's anyone else that holds Tiger accountable for anything. He is a freight train out of control. His agent, Mark Steinberg, hasn't been able to reel him in. Sponsors paying him lots of money haven't been able to reel him in. Tim Fincham, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, has not been able to reel him in. Because, again, Tiger is the meal ticket for all of these people. They don't want to anger him. They don't want to get on his bad side. They don't want to do something to distance themselves from him. So they've enabled him. How can Tiger move forward and truly turn the page, truly turn things around with the same team, with the same friends, with the same enablers? I don't think he can truly turn the page and clean up his life And obviously, his life off the course is a train wreck. It is a train wreck. And he may be a great golfer, but people are never going to look at him the same. I don't care if he comes back and he wins 10 more majors and shatters Jack Nicklaus's record. There are some people that will always remember him as, oh, that's the guy who slept with a dozen or more women. That's the guy who cheated on his wife. That's the guy who had all those sore details come out in his relationship. Tiger Woods has to start over again. Whether it's single, whether it's rebuilding his relationship with his wife, but he has to get rid of the enablers who have been around him his entire life. That's my thoughts on Tiger Woods for this week. When we come back with our final segment, our producer Bobby Corser is going to tell you about some of the goodies that the college football teams will be receiving when they go play in the upcoming bowl games. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, We'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We are back with our final segment of this week's show. And, Bobby, lots of goodies being handed out to the college student-athletes participating in some of the bowl games this holiday season. Uh, 
What are some of the good things they're receiving? You know, I'll just name a couple of bowls and some of the cooler gifts. Maniki Car Care Bowl. Everybody gets the Richard Petty driving experience. So, yeah, you're going to fit the 300-pound lineman in a NASCAR, and he gets to drive around the track. The Eagle Bank Bowl, everybody gets a sling box. So not, not too shabby. We're fans of sling box. Champ Sports Bowl. You have a party at Best Buy, and you're given a $420 limit. The GMAC Bowl, everybody gets an HD camcorder. Rose Bowl, for instance, Ohio State and Oregon. Everybody walks away with a 19-inch television combo, a fossil watch, a new era 5950 fitted hat, an OGO fugitive laptop bag, and a plaque. So, I mean, a lot of these people are getting a lot of stuff. The big winners in terms of, in terms of corporations, Sony, Apple, and Best Buy are the biggest three giving out stuff this holiday season at bowl games. There was some bowl, and I can't remember which one it was, but they were giving away, like, reclining chairs. And I was like, how in the world are they going to get the reclining chairs back to where? I mean, you're not going to have every guy taking the reclining chair on the plane and going, all right, I'm going to hold this back with me on the team plane. No, uh, it, it happens to be the Sugar Bowl. It's a lane recliner, and they're going to have to probably send it to the university. <laughs> I mean, it's like, hey, everybody call your buddy with a pickup truck. The one thing I found interesting was the Champ Sports Bowl. Yeah, they give you the $420 limit at Best Buy, but they don't even give you a gift certificate to Champ Sports. I mean, you're not even using... You're not activating any of your sponsorship. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Well, and, you know, these student athletes can receive these gifts from the bowl games, but there are limits. I mean, you can't give someone $10,000 worth of stuff. You can't give them a new car. You know, you can't you can't give them certain things. So um, there are things you can get, but that's an interesting list for sure. All right. A lot of thank yous on our show this week. Our show staff, Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank. Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harrison, Doug Zang are our sponsors. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, Morton's The Steakhouse, and New School Media Coaching. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com and click on the podcast page. Follow me on Twitter, at SB Radio. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Festivus, happy Kwanzaa. Seriously, be safe. And I hope you enjoy these holidays with your family and friends. And here's a very special message from my little one. This is Sophia Berger. Merry Christmas. Greg Oden of the Portland Trailblazers supports the Ronald McDonald Houses. I'm a big fan of the houses. Happy to help them make a difference. He helps because he believes every hospitalized child should be near their family in tough times. And everyone can support this home away from home. When you purchase a McCafe Espresso drink or premium roast coffee, McDonald's donates a portion of proceeds to Ronald McDonald House charities in Oregon and Southwest Washington. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. A little change can make a big difference. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. When people come to a Suns game, what kind of an experience do you want it to be for them? We want them to be entertained from the time they walk in to the time they leave. The co-owner of the Sacramento Kings, Gavin Maloof. Gavin, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Brian. How are you? Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. Sports Business Radio. Saturday. That's why you're a smart business person. <laughs> or at sportsbusinessradio.com.